everyone, and welcome to another episode of It's a Real Struggle Podcast. I'm your girl, Janie Boom, and today we're virtual. <laughs> so I do apologize in advance for the audio. Well, not the audio much so because we're using our mics, but for the camera because I have to go online and bring someone special today. But before we do that, I'd like to thank everyone for joining us. And if you're new, welcome to the show. Um, I hope they show you check out my recent episode on friendships. I deep dive into what it means to have friendships and what people should mean to you and all kinds of interesting stories. I didn't go too deep because I didn't want to bring out some old skeletons and have people on my IG coming for me. So <laughs> I was like, let me keep it short, sweet, and simple with some advice to help you out in your friendships. So please check it out. It's available on YouTube, and I have the audio available available on Anchor app and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. Speaking of friendships, <laughs> I have a special, special, special guest. And, oh, my God. Y'all understand, I love this girl to the core. She is so smart, she's beautiful, and she's so creative. Ugh, y'all don't understand. So I'd like to welcome y'all, Shamira Fleming. Hey, girl. Hi, how you doing? I'm good, how are you? I'm well, thank you. Thank you for the wonderful intro. (laughs) Proud of you. Thank you. I had to bring you on. It's just way overdue. I wanted to bring you on the show to really talk about what you got going on. I mean, I wear your shirts, Creator Calfrey. She is the founder of Creator Calfrey, and she's a romance author. So, you know, got to switch up the how I introduce you. But anyway, <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm so excited to have you on here because we have so much to dive into. This episode is all about entrepreneurship, and I just really wanted to feature you because thank you. You are the blueprint of what it means to start from the bottom. Now we're here, so <laughs> <laughs> so go ahead and introduce yourself and your business, and um, just a little bit about what you want to share to the people. Okay. Um, hi, everybody. Thank you, Jenny uh, Boone, for letting me um, for uh, interviewing me today. I, I, I'm really super proud of you, and I'm so excited to be here. Um, I started Creative Calfaray about two years ago. Now it's actually we're actually approaching the two-year anniversary this weekend. Um, woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, I it, it's always been a, a dream of mine to start my own business um, ever since I completed my uh, MBA program at High Point University about 12 years ago. Um, I had thought about other opportunities to create a business, but it didn't really go um, anywhere. But um, in 2016, I started writing, uh, romance writing, because I've always written and um, wrote poetry and things like that over the years. And um started a book about in 2016 which when uh, my husband and I had reloaded, relocated our family from the Boston area down to Maryland about 2 years ago I decided I was going to pursue um my business venture you know full time in addition to writing and so that's how Creative Calfrey was born and um, through Creative Calfrey, it's an opportunity for me to share all of my creative um, 
ways of, that I like to, to create and express myself through my creativity. So creative is basically, you know, whichever way I choose to express myself, whether it's through writing, whether it's through investing, whether it's through makeup artistry, um, my merchandising, blogging, however way I, my creative ex, uh, exploration shows up, that's how it comes out. And Calfare is, is for, is a Native American word for uh, purple flower. She's typically used for a, young, a little girl's name. And, um, and plus I love purple, the color purple, because of Prince. And so I oh, just yes, felt like do, it honey. was just perfect to marry the two. And um, that's how the name Creative Calfare came, came to be. So it basically means creative purple flower. And so um, – I'm just thankful to be here today. It's still a growing um, experience. I'm learning each and every day. But as I learn, I learned that, it, you know, in business you have, to, you have to be able to pivot and go with the flow and then, you know, also make changes as things are happening with the business. It's, never a, a, it's not a straight line. So that's one of the, some of the things that I've learned and um, some of the, one of the reasons, I mean, this is the reason why I started my business. Oh, my gosh. See, you shared it so much, and it was just perfect and niche. But <laughs> when you talk about your business, I it gives me a clear definition of what entrepreneurship is all about. A lot of people tend to see it as like, oh, it's success, and you make all this money, and you don't have to work on somebody else's clock, which is the best thing. However, there are some bumps in the road, and yeah. I know that we'll we'll deep dive into that, you know. Right. <laughs> but it's just when you define of what your business is and your journey, like a lot of entrepreneurs, I know they can relate to being right. excited for something from like an idea or a dream and really bringing it to reality. Yeah, one and um, to piggyback off of what you're saying, one of the things I think is very important for new entrepreneurs is to be able to have a clear definition of what you plan what you're planning on doing. You yeah. need to have a clear, clear goal and a clear uh, des- destination in, 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 in mind. You're not necessarily going to reach a destination, quote-unquote, per se, but you need to have an idea what your, what your plan is and how to execute on those plans Cause, because it's not going to always be a straight line. And so you're going to need to be able to pivot in those moments so that you can be able to get the best, you know, so that your business can grow. It can start off small, and you can do things in small doses. Um, It's easier to do things in small doses than to go big in the beginning because if you make mistakes, that's when you fail. So if you start small, the little changes that you have to make to make things work for your business, you can keep it going and grow the business over time organically rather than being inorganic and fail in the process. Yeah, I agree with that. And especially during this quarantine, since we confined to our homes. <laughs> we got to find new ways to reach people. Yes. And, talk, and a lot of people are talking about um, multiple streams of revenue. Right. And your business brings in multiple streams of revenue. Do you Correct. want to dive in on what type of business that you offer or services sure. that you offer? <laughs> sure. Um, as I mentioned before, um, it was important to me to be able to have at least seven income streams for my business. It was important to me to make sure that each one of those streams represent the core why of what I'm doing this for, and that is for my creative expression and to be able to bring forth um, 
something that is motivational, aspirational, and inspirational to the people that are engaging with me because of my business. And so um, writing, of course, is probably the number one thing that I I do through my business. But then there's also... um, the merchandise that I have created, the My Brand, which I've Got created. Got the shirt on. You're wearing a shirt. <laughs> I'm wearing a shirt, My Tribe. So, um, and then also, um, uh, I do creative like writing courses. Like last year, I did a a, a romance writing event, which was really nice. Um, if we didn't have inclement weather, we would have had a better turnout. But, you know, things happen. It is um, but creative, um, doing writing courses that, you know, are workshops that, you know, introduce people that have always wanted to write but didn't know where to get started but allow them the opportunity to see how creative they can be um, and give them prompts. And so that was a, uh, that's another income stream. And then also, um, let's see, writing um, – Makeup, oh, makeup artistry. I just started dabbling in that. I completed uh, my uh, uh, program at the Academy of Makeup in Cockeysville, Maryland, as well as the Glow Makeup School this past year for continuing education in Baltimore, Maryland. So that is another opportunity for me to make um, um, another stream of income. And then investing. Um, I'm still working on at least one more, but those are the six out of the seven that I felt like that are really important to me. Investing is is very important. Um, Right now, I basically trade uh, uh, single stocks Mm -hmm. um, on the market, and I've had several several stocks that I've uh, purchased over the year, over the course of the last two years, and then I do some, um, and then I want to expand into options trading. So that is a goal of mine for investment. But I do want to be able to share how I was able to do those things with other people so they can do it too. That's so awesome. And congratulations on your certificates in the makeup Thank industry. Thank you. If y'all don't know. <laughs> you see this face? Yeah, yes, she is V to the gods. And I learned a couple of trips and, yeah. you know, tips and tricks with her. So, <laughs> And when we went to BeautyCon last year, um, right. I'll definitely put a picture up. We went to BeautyCon, and you beat my face up to the gods, honey. That was so much fun. <laughs> that yes. was so much fun. I enjoyed that so much. Uh, and you look beautiful. Well, I think you. a lot of times whenever I, I – work on someone else I I tend to um I want to make them shine so I really don't even focus on myself so I was just so happy that you look beautiful my face didn't look that great that that weekend but you look gorgeous because I wanted you to look gorgeous I was on her walking mannequin, y'all. I was walking mannequin. I was so happy to be able to do someone else's face. Yeah, they could have put you own. up on the stage like, oh, you're a makeup artist here. Come on. I think there's like a million makeup artists in that room. Like, okay, so we're not, let's just enjoy the moment. Right, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Well, yeah, so I, I thank you for sharing your inc- your several um, streams of income. And I think that's something that a lot of entrepreneurs have got to understand is that, yes, you can have one niche, but you want to try to dive into other things right. to help invest your business overall. And right. You're doing you have just- to diversify, yeah. Oh, yeah, because it's, you know, it's just like investing, like you're doing the same thing when you have a business. So, yeah, yeah. y'all listen closely. But anyway... <laughs> 
We're going to take this time to get to know the founder. Um, I do got some questions for you. Okay. Um, so my first question is, what inspired you to create Creative Calvary? I think part of the reason why I was so inspired, um, my, like I said, my husband and I were relocating from the Boston area into Maryland about two years ago. And I had started writing um, my first romance novel. I had kind of started dab- dabbling with a story um, in 2015, but it was uh, based off of my relationship with my husband. I kind of, you know, uh, kind of use our relationship as the subject for that book and kind of reach like a, <laughs> A uh, uh, roadblock with that one because I Ooh. really didn't want people to be all in our business like that. So I kind of <laughs> stopped that story. And then um, when Prince died, uh, I kind of had this idea for this beautiful story that I wanted to base the two characters around him. And that is where it kind of was really born. Because from there, I really focused in on that story and wrote it to close to to finish and mm. when we moved from boston to maryland that's when i was like you know what i'm really gonna pursue this seriously because the story was beautiful it came out it was it was a really a really great story and i told myself i was like okay now i'm, I'm gonna take this serious i'm gonna because i knew when relocating it's not easy to always find work right away right i knew that and so i wasn't going to use that as an excuse to sit idle for however long it took me to find another job and so I just talked to my husband and we I said that this is what I wanted to do and that I needed to support you know behind me to to see where it goes and he was willing to do that and from there um, I was inspired to to just go with this and then from there um, all of the other things that was born from it just it was just a trickle effect like it, it, it was supposed to happen. It was all of the things that I felt like was my purpose over the years. I knew that it was God, my God-given talent and purpose to be on this earth to write and to be able to share it with people. I didn't know years ago when I was growing up how that was going to happen, how it was going to manifest. But I've always written since I was younger, since I was young. And so when it started to manifest about two years ago, you know, you can't. You can't stop God's way of allowing you, of of using you to be a vessel to express um, information or whatever he's trying to get out to the people. And so I was willing to allow that to be used. And so with that, um, that's the reason why Creative Calfrey is what it is and why I'm very very passionate and very, very uh, protective over the brand and what it stands for and the fact that I want it to be something that motivates, aspires, and inspires other people to achieve not only what to see me as someone that, that has achieved what I've wanted to achieve based on my passion, but see me as a, a model for what they can achieve too and go out and get it. I love that. Thank you for answering that. And the second question, so based on your genre of of, of novels, is romance, mm-hmm. um, which is something like, oh, she writes about romance? What is it? So <laughs> what's a common myth about romance writing, and can you debunk it? 
Um, I think that is easy to do. Um, like anybody can do it. Um, I don't know if I can debunk it, but I just know that for me, I think there's a certain there's a certain um, level of flair that you have to be able to write it to be able to reach people. You know, um, a lot of the romance novels that are out right now, some of them that I've seen out, it doesn't appeal to me. Um, I I have a distinctive vision of how I want to portray my characters, how I want to portray the men and women in those relationships. And I think um, a lot of the a lot of the novels today kind of have this mm, they've lost that 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 element of um it's an element of of mysteriousness and oh. that draws you in and allows you to be able to um want and the want and desire like it should be a it should have this 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 thing that that draws you in that's not so in your face. It yeah. shouldn't be so direct um, right. when you're talking about something so intimate. And when if you're writing about romance, romance is, you know, you could, you could speak about a flower and talk about how delicate it is and how soft and beautiful it is and not be, oh, I want to screw you. You know, it's like yeah. you, you can't be, you can't, <laughs> you know. You can speak about a woman in that way and be suggestive towards what what the man or the, how the man and the woman interact, and mm-hmm. not and do it in a way that allows the reader to feel like you know overcome with emotion and and also these feelings that they didn't really know that they had in them without being so direct about it. And that's one thing that turns me off about some novels that I've read today is Mm -hmm. that it's too direct. Like I want you to use your words to entice me to want to be, I mean, to, to be one of those characters in your book. That's what I, that's what I should, I should want to read your book and feel that type of desire from your writing, the desire to want to have that type of relationship in my life. If right. you are writing in such a way that is just like normal talk or normal speech where it's just like, or slang speech where it's just like, you know, we're just, I want to screw you today. You yeah. know, something like that. <laughs> oh, I want to beat no, it up. I'm going to beat yeah, it up. <laughs> yeah, yes. There's no, there's no, um, no mystery. There's no, there's no, 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 um, um, no chase in that, you know, right. there's a, there's kind of like this with the writing, it's kind of like a chase that the, the writer is doing with the, with the, the reader to get you to, 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 to want to be a part of that story. And it's my job to make sure that you feel that it's my job to make you feel all the things that you didn't even know you were going to feel mm-hmm. through reading what you're reading and not be so direct towards you where you just turned off by the full fact that like you're, you would be turned off if a guy came up to you and just said, yeah, girl, I was looking at you and I saw your big booty and I just, you know, I think we should go, <laughs> you know, you would be turned off by that. I would Why do would like I, the novellas. I'm going to slap you. Go, I, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So why would I write in that manner? I wouldn't write in that manner. I, would, I didn't grow up 
reading books or romance novels that wrote in that manner. You know, yeah. I read, you know, people who that had a, a way and a had a vernacular to be able to, and a vocabulary to be able to speak in such a way that, that made you feel something when you, when they wrote. I agree. Thank you. Thank you for answering that. So the third one, this is a good question. What do you wish you had known when you started out? I wish that I had known that this is a marathon and not a sprint. Because I think I thought that it was going to be easy to get people to buy into my type of romance and to read my books and to be able to sell my books. And it didn't happen like that. You know, it's a, it was a slow trickle. It's still, you know, still getting people that are being introduced to my work, and which is beautiful. Yes. But... Uh, and that's two years in, and it takes work. And I didn't realize that it you, when you when no one knows who you are, you have to pound the pavement. Um, you have to get your friends and family to speak on your behalf. You know, word of mouth is everything. Um, and I just wish that I had known uh, what I know now, how difficult it was going to be, I think because I think one of the beauties of not knowing is that it allowed me to be not handcuffed to the fact that it was going to be difficult. So I had like these rose colored glasses on that. It was going to, it was going to work. Mm -hmm. I was going to make it. And um, my books were going to sell and it was going to always sell. Right. And I just didn't realize how much work it takes and it goes, how much it takes how much work it takes and it go that goes into planning how to market through each one of your medium your so your you know your social mediums how you reach people directly like face to face you know what types of events that you have that connects with people and constantly yes. tweaking what you do so that you connect with all different types of people and not just one type um that's what I wish I had known. Oh, my gosh. And that's true because, you know, people think when all of these, go, again, going back to the Insta success, I call it. Yeah. <laughs> when people post their success of their businesses or whatever, and they say, oh, well, I've been in business for about two to five years or something mm-hmm. like that. But why didn't you really post your struggles? Like, right. you're really trying to come up and um, show people that it is a marathon, not a sprint. Right. And most people that can instantly get, reaction they probably already have a huge audience and it's probably not from what they're really trying to promote right you know it's probably right. different and they're trying to transition their 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 fans to something else so it's right and so. I agree and I agree with that and to um and to your point I think a lot of people see like a lot of times when you when um I think when an audience sees the successes of someone mm-hmm. and they don't see them go through the struggle it's kind of a it's kind of a, um, um, I think people do need to understand that there is, there t- it takes a lot. And it, right. take, and it takes a strong person that's not willing to give up easily because a lot of people give up, give up within the first year. Oh, first yeah. First six months to a year. And it's not for the faint at heart. It takes planning. It takes pivoting. It takes you really understanding what your your why is. Why are you here? Why do you want to do this? Who are you trying to reach? 
And I think when people see the successes and not the struggle, they get a, a false representation of what it took to get there. Right. And they think that it's cookie cutter and that it can be mimicked and just done overnight. And that's not necessarily true. You know, some people are just good at reaching folks and, you know, get that viral moment and, mm-hmm. and it just takes off from there. Other people, it takes years to organically grow the, the, the following that they have and make sure. And that's what I wanted. I wanted people who are organic following of people that really believed in what I was doing and what my yeah. work means and not just people who follow and follow or are following just to get a follow, you know, or right. um, won't even purchase my, you know, purchase my book or my merchandise or anything like that. Like, I have a true message. I'm not, it's not a gimmick. It's not phony. It's, it's, I'm serious about it. I'm very passionate about it. So, um, and when it grows to a point where people understand that, um, people will see what it took for me to get there. They under, I, and I will be clear enough that I'll be clear in how I communicate that it has been a struggle to get here. Right. It hasn't been easy. It hasn't been easy. It's still not easy. Oh, yeah, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, um, given that you are a author and mm-hmm. writing, like you said, is okay. It's easy just to write something, but, you know, the words are powerful. If you can engage your reader with the words, um, share with us, um, do you have a special routine or ritual you conduct prior to writing? Um, somewhat. A lot of times I do, uh, I definitely meditate. I meditate mm-hmm. daily. Um, that is something that's very, has become very important to me. Um, I, I, I started doing that back in two, 2016, clearing my energy chakras and uh, doing a meditation. At least started out five minutes and worked up to 20 and then now it's like at least 20 or 30 minutes, you know, right before I go to bed. And then um, I also do, and that, like, I really enjoy meditating because it it allows me to clear my mind. Um, I definitely get really clear about uh, ideas and things are able to flow a lot easier because of that. Um, Music is a huge component to my writing. Um, Usually if I'm writing something, I will connect it to whatever I've listen to Mm -hmm. um it will inspire me it'll it'll give me a feeling or emotion that allows it to come out um and um and then that's about it and a lot of times just being outside if I'm outside or if I'm riding I'm driving I feel you know I might feel something look in the clouds or look at the sky and I might see something that uh, allows it you know, me to connect to uh, an emotion that allows me to write uh, a lot, or write write a, a piece about that. So it just depends on what what affects me at the time. But usually, definitely meditating and, and music is a huge component to my writing. Oh wow! So basically, the biggest thing is meditate. Clear the yeah. mind. Yeah, because yeah, <laughs> for me, um, it's allowed me to gain a lot of control over my thoughts and over how things filter in and feel, how I filter things out, um, how I uh, shut things off so that I'm yeah. able to focus. Um, and it's important for me to be able to, to have a clear visual about 
what I'm writing. Like, for instance, and I and you and I have talked about this, and it's like a, for an idea for a book that I have. Um, I was literally, my husband and I was literally, and my son was literally riding in the car to the Baltimore Book Festival, and we were listening to one of the Oldie Goldie channels on Sirius XM, and mm-hmm. a song came on, and I, I wasn't thinking about anything but going to the book festival, but mine relatively was clear, and that song came in. I started singing the song a little bit, and literally an idea for the, another story came into my mind. So that's how easy it is when wow. when the when the when you are able to be in tune with the flow of your your energy yeah. and not allow things to clog it, and you're able to push those things out. That's how easily you can be a vessel for ideas and creativity to come through. Wow, that's really dope. <laughs> so the idea is like, oh, yeah, I just had this idea for yeah, it. It comes out yeah, of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, because literally, um, like, literally sometimes I can, I have some of my best writing ideas, to be honest, when I'm in the shower mm-hmm. or right before I'm getting up uh, to get ready for the day. And a lot of times I get so frustrated when I get them in the shower because I lose them before I get out to get to get something to write them down. I need yeah. a like a little a little uh, a could recorder so I can just record while I'm in the shower these ideas that I have. But you and then also just before I'm about to get up, I have like these these moments where I have I'm talking in my mind mm-hmm. and there's just like thoughts and like all kinds of thoughts that are coming through and um, lot. Sometimes I'm able to get them down on paper and sometimes I'm not but I try to remember them. It's important to try to have a piece of paper I've read in the past when those things happen because you can get lucid whenever you, you know, have lucid dreams and things like that because I've had those in the past because of the meditating. Um, Is to have a piece of paper and pencil next to your bed so you can write down thoughts as they come in the night or as you're getting up because you will be clear so that you can get those types of creative ideas those creative moments. And so those are mine. That's really cool. <laughs> I like that. So this is my favorite question I'm going to ask. Um, and I always ask, you know, I guess, something like the top five. So. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> so I hope you're ready for this one. So if you were stuck on an island for a year, what would be your top five books? My top five books? Yes. Okay. So I have them with me. Oh my um, God. Okay, cool. This is my Bible. <laughs> um, it has my, my my maiden name, Shamara E. Graves. Oh wow! It was given to me in two thousand and let's see, two thousand and one, I believe it was. Nope, May of two thousand and one mm. by my Dow Corning family when I worked at Dow Corning. Um, the second shift family. They gave it to me when I graduated from um, my associate's degree program at Guilford Technical Community College, GTCC in Jamestown, um, North Carolina. So they gave me that back then, oh, and I've please. always kept it. It's got all kinds of notes in it. Um, I like. I have like things highlighted in here. Yeah. Um, my favorite prayer to wake up to whenever I do when I when I 
when I pray in the morning. If Psalms 5 is a morning prayer for guidance. And then I also, whenever I'm going through something and, you know, people, I feel like people are getting on my nerves and I need a little, need God to be on my side. (laughs) (laughs) I read Psalms 35 and I read um, verses 1 through one through three. Oh, nice. Usually one through three. Yep. But I have others that are in here that I, I definitely pick up whenever I need that covering. And, um, yeah. you know, that's, you know, my spiritual my spiritual base. And so I'm happy that I still have my, my Bible. Yes. Um, <laughs> of course, oh. I have to have my book, Three the yes. Um. <laughs> This book is so spicy. Like, I just love how it came together. And it is, you need a little drama in your life if you're stuck mm-hmm. on, a, on an island because you you're not going to be able to see anybody. So you, <laughs> you got to get your drama from somewhere, and this book has tons of it. So I have to have that. And then about, I've had this book a couple, a, for a little while, but, mm-hmm. um, but I really got into it. I really finally focused on it and got into it about a year ago when we went. Our family went down for our, our annual trip to uh, OBS Outer Banks, North Carolina. So this is uh, Secrets of a Housewife uh, by Ooh. Jake Trimble, and it is it's spicy and it is dram- dramatic too, and it's sexy. Uh, I enjoyed the love, the the love scenes in this story. Now he now when I was talking about being direct before, okay, <laughs> he's direct, he's direct. But um, I like how he did it though. I like how he does it. Oh, so I have to have that, and then I have to have a little funny, a little inspiration. You and I read this about I think about a year ago. Um, It was my favorite book about a year ago. It's Jennifer Lewis. um, Oh, yes. The Mother of Black Hollywood. I had such a great time reading this story. I mean, reading her life story. Um, She's funny. I think it's inspirational. um, It's motivating. And I I wrote a blog post about it. Um, That's how much it impacted me. Um, She even um, uh, liked my post. On um, yes, my blog, I mean, on my, my Instagram page when I posted how much I love this book and that I had blogged about it. So that was encouraging to get her thumbs up on it. And yes. So, um, but, yes, this is definitely a, a must-have for me to crack up laughing. And she's spicy, too. Very spicy. spicy. And she had, like, some really great life stories in it. She book. lives her life in that book. You know what? Uh, but... <laughs> She lives her life. <laughs> I am not even mad at her how, at how all. her life has been. I was just like, wow. I was just really impressed with that book. So <laughs> that's a good one. And then finally, now I have to. I probably should have some honorable mentions, but you know. Of course, <laughs> but of course, I gotta have my Prince book. Um, this is um, basically. I have two books by Randy St. Nichols. Um, this is the most recent um, book by Randy St. Nichols of Prince's. Um, two, it has 25 years, 25 inspired years, 1991 to 2016 by Randy St. Nichols. She was Prince's personal um, photographer, and oh she God. has um, 
all of these beautiful pictures um, over the course of his life um, in this book of her time of working with him. And it is huge. This book is huge. You see how big this thing is? The other one is just as big. Um, And I was just so impressed with the work, the body of work that she has as as a photographer and how she's captured his life over time. And because I love him so much, I am willing to um, support any and all of his, uh, his, uh, the people that have worked with him. So when that book came out last year, and she posted they post she posted it as soon as I ordered it and got it, I posted it on my page my Instagram page, and she gave me a thumbs up, and she was like, "Thank you for supporting and I was like, "Oh my God, so yeah, um I have to have i would have to if, if not this one, it have to be one of my other books that I have of print, and you know I have a done, and oh, so yes. it would have to be <laughs> one of those books. But I chose that one because it's such a beautiful, a beautiful body of work and a beautiful, just beautiful photos over the course of 25 years of her work with him. So those would be my five. Oh, if not God, others. There are some others, but I don't need to. I don't need to, you know, like, you know, be the pro-black on the stranded on the island. I'm no. not being mad for no reason. So she said, I, I need some romance on my yeah, island. Exactly. But I do have some I do have some, some some really great books that I just enjoy just generally that I would have even if I if I wasn't stuck stuck on an island. But yeah. Right. Oh my God, those were great selections. And when you, you brought up the prince, your face lit up. You Girl. just went into a hole. <laughs> That is my heart. If I, if I'm telling you, if, if he had lived, I, that would have been the one person that I would have wanted to meet in life. He and it's not the, easy to meet that man. <laughs> well, to be, I think it might have would have. I think it might have. I think it would have been a lot easier than I anticipated. It it might have been something where he sn- showed up as a smoke above, uh uh, uh a blob of smoke and then disappeared, and I, yeah. know, I wouldn't have been able to tell nobody about it. But it would have been my memory. <laughs> but I just feel like he was just that kind of person that um, that if he had seen some of the stuff that I'm doing or I just feel like I, and you never know. I would never say that I couldn't have met him because yeah, I've met, I've had the opportunity to, to meet quite a number of people that he was associated with since his death. So at least have them connect with me in some kind of way. So yeah. I would never say that it, it couldn't happen. Anything's possible. And that energy, it was just, it brought yep. the energy in, like he was just bringing them all together, like. That's right. Yeah. It's like, it was like it, I'm serious. Like, I, you know, there's yes. so many different <laughs> things that's happened since his death that it, it literally probably would have never happened had I, if I didn't I don't even know if it would have happened if he was alive, but it's a lot that's happened since he's died, since his death, that I've been able to connect with so many of the people that he knows and has has been around yeah. him that there's no possible way that um, I could say that, that it couldn't happen. Right. Well, the fun yeah. fact is um, Lizzo worked with Prince. Yeah, I know. I never saw him, but... Yep. I know. I heard about that too. Yeah, like everybody that is, everybody has had some sort of dealings with him, and that's and that's I I appreciate that. that yeah. He was that he was that connected to folks. 
this beautiful like that oh mm-hmm. rest in power prince we miss you so much yes. oh. But eucalyptus music, very inspiring and wonderful yep. and very sensual. Oh, yeah, look. That's what my my um, tattoo is, uh, is his sign. Uh, and then it has the purple rain um, uh, tears and then uh, infinity hearts for my husband and my son. So, yeah, I keep him with me always. Oh, um, yeah. Ooh, look, it hurts. <laughs> <laughs> and then my bracelet, um, this is a, a bracelet that has his symbol on it. And then also his backup singer, Shelby J, mm-hmm. her symbol. And she's from my hometown of Greensboro, North Carolina. And uh, anytime she's doing something, I try to support her too. But, yeah, this is her bracelet. And um, she did that as uh, to, you know, in memory of him. That is so beautiful. Yeah. Oh, my God. We won't get emotional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right, so we're going to get right into Let's Get Real because we got to really talk about entrepreneurship. We're going to take off all of the finery and really get into the dirty stuff and let people know, like, this is not easy. Me doing my podcast, like, this is a business, you know, so I have to treat it like it's supposed to grow and become something great. Right. So I do have my hiccups here and there where I just feel like I, can't, I don't want to do it no more. I'm tired. Why mm-hmm. do I have to keep learning? And it's just watching you with your business, with Creative Calfrey. I won't say business, your brand. Creative mm-hmm. Calfrey and just watching how you just kept going, even if it took time and knowing right. that you come on two years, you're like, oh, my God, like, there's so much more I can do and there's so much right. more I can bring on. And in addition, still making sure everything else is still moving parallel to what you're trying to get done. So I agree. this is fire. But we got to get real because you are a human being. You do have a life. So yes. what's this like, you being an entrepreneur, knowing that you're a black woman, you're a wife, you're a mother, and you also have a career? <sighs> It's a juggle. I mean, it is, um, it's a real struggle. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, it's taking, it's taking, um, time to balance. I, I appreciate the, the time that I had, the year and a half that I had before I went back into the corporate world, um, to work full time to be able to grow and establish my business and brand and really understand what I wanted to do with it so that while I'm working, I still know this is my goal. Oh, the other stream of business that I do is uh, graphics. Graphic design. Oh, yeah. Wait, we didn't mention that. that. <laughs> I forgot all about that. Sorry. You have seven. That's seven. That's seven. <laughs> uh, I was trying to figure it out. Okay. So, sorry I got straight track. Um, but yeah, um, it's, 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 it takes a, it's a balance in that. Um, but you have to be, I feel like it, everything in life that I've, I've, that's gotten me to this point in my life has been building blocks to get me to this point in my life. And it takes discipline. Um, I'm just thankful that I had, uh, you know, the life experiences as well as parents that, you know, have, you know, instilled in me 
the discipline and the guidance that I needed as a young a young woman, a young lady, a young kid growing up so that I knew the importance of education, the importance of, you know, building a future. Um, there are some things that I, that I learned after, um, you know, being an adult yeah. um, and being on my own that I don't think I could have necessarily learned from my parents that I've learned, you know, from friends that I've learned from other adults and from um, managers and, and other people that I've interacted over the years. So it's taken all of that experience to get to this point in my life so that I can make the decisions that I need to make to be a wife, a mother, you know, uh, a colleague, an effective business owner and an entrepreneur, a yeah. writer. It's taking all those things that work together. These are pieces of a puzzle that fit together that make me who I am. And this is what I exhibit to the world. This is what I put out into the world. So if it's not right for me and if it's not right on a daily basis, then I can't be the best so that people can get the best for me. Right. So, um, yeah, that's what it, I mean, it, it, it's, it's difficult. Don't get me wrong. It's difficult. It's not easy. It takes a strong support system. It takes a, a having a good, you know, life partner, which I'm blessed to have, a good husband that is supportive, that, um, you know, it's, we have our moments where it's funny, and then there, there are moments where it's just like, uh, I'm not sure this is, this, babe, what's going on? What are you going to do? You know, what's right. the next move? And you just have to have that connection with someone that understands um, what you're trying to do and where you're going. And not only that, have support of people around you. You, I, you and I talk about this a lot. A lot. Yeah. When you start in this space, you have to realize that you're going to lose a lot of people. A lot of people are not going to be able to see your vision. They're not going to understand your vision, and your 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 circle is going to become small. And that's okay. And it's going to change often. So right. the people that start off with you may not necessarily be the one to end with you, and they're not going to be the one that's going to the people. Same people. Many of the same people are not going to be with you throughout the entire journey. They are meant to be there at a certain point, a certain time, and then they move on. That's how it works, and that's okay. Um, but you have to be, able to, to, to be able to navigate all of those pieces, especially if you're a wife, a mother, a colleague, and you got a full-time job, and you're trying to build a business. You have to be able to know your places and all of those things and when to wear those hats. Sometimes you got to put every last one of those hats on at the same time. There are many yeah. days and I have to do it all at the same time. Right now, especially in quarantine life, yes. um, <laughs> I start my day, I do my two posts for Creative Calfrey. That's one hat. Then I got to be a mommy and get my son together, get him working on homeschooling stuff, and that's mommy's hat you know, throughout the day. And then I'm working full time now and I'm working for at least eight hours or more. That's another hat. Then as soon as my husband walks in the door, we have to connect and we have to be able to, you know, have those moments of, of clarity between the two of us so that we can still be a strong unit. That's another hat. Yep. And then I have to check on family and friends. That's two more hats that I have to wear. <laughs> um, and even though my circle might be small, you still got to extend yourself so that those people know that you love and care them t care for them too. So 
it never ends. It's a balancing act, but you got to be strong enough to be able to do it. And most women are. Uh, a lot of men are too. But I'm speaking from a woman's perspective because I know what that feels like and I know what it's like for me. And I just know that um, it's not easy. But when you have a, a good unit of people around you, you can do anything. That's really awesome. And and then you mentioned a good thing about a good point about the hats is just mm-hmm. sometimes it, it I feel like with my journey, I, it sometimes conflicts. And mm-hmm. I try my best not to be like, okay, I'm at work during the day. And I'm doing stuff for the podcast. And I'm like, wait, like, okay, just try to sneak in a minute or two. Or I'm taking my break and using that time to just like, okay, how's my post going? Do I need to engage or whatever? But sometimes it can be hard with the hat. So how do you try to manage your time? Because I know it's pretty much just time management. Right. Um, So luckily when I started the business, when I was not working full time, mm-hmm. I set, I had set schedules for when I was going to do certain things. Uh, and because I did research, I knew that I needed to, like when I was building the business in the beginning, it was important for me to figure out, okay, when are the best times for me to, to post my, my content? And one of the reasons why I post in the morning is because I had the most engagement between six in the morning like five or super early in the morning. Wow. And within 11 o'clock in the morning, most of my engagement comes between that time. I don't necessarily, I mean, I have a ton of followers. I may not get a lot of likes, but most mm-hmm. of those likes that I do get come that in that early part of the morning. Right. They don't necessarily engage with me after one o'clock in the afternoon. And I've had to, you know, look at my analytics to see all that stuff. Right. And so, um, that's one of the, that's how I'm able, and then also it, what's convenient for me. Right. I know as I'm getting up in the morning, it's convenient for me to make those posts at that time too. Yeah. So I'm okay with that. And then for like blogging purposes, whenever I blog, I blog Monday motivational posts. Um, I've always wrote my posts on the Sunday before I post. So that's how I've scheduled that time in. Mm-hmm. And then I used to do more than one post in a week, but I felt like it was too it became too much as I started doing more things and as my stream started to increase. So yeah. I had to get uh I had to get consistent with or just stay consistent with the one thing that I knew that it was important for me to post and that was my motiv- Monday motivational post. Yeah. And so um, that's why I still, and it's it's kind of spiritual for me to do it on a Sunday because it allows me to connect with my spirituality because that's what comes through in the motivational post. Um, and then, um, and then for work, uh, I try not to do anything on social media necessarily during during the time that I'm at work because mm-hmm. I feel like if I'm working for someone else, then that's the time that. I need to be focused on that. So I try not to do it. Now, you know, from time to time I might check in and see, oh, what's going on here? What's going on with my post like you did, like you just yeah. did. But I typically, once I post for the day, I'm done. I don't post, I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, necessarily go in there and I'm like on, like literally on, like I on, I'm on on the weekend. I do more, try to do more engagement on the weekends if I can. Yeah. Um, but 
or afterward, before or afterward, but I try not to post or do anything during the day um, on social media because I feel like that's, 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 that would, that's not appropriate time to be doing that. So it, it does take a lot of time management yeah. and uh, scheduling. And, and sometimes I use, like, uh, apps like uh, Later to, if I know that I'm, if I'm going to be busy and I need to post a couple posts out, I'll yes. schedule those posts on those those times and let that app post it for me and not even worry about it. So yes. I have done stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, I have apps like that. I think it's called Pulse Outfit or something. Like, mm-hmm. I guess people not realizing it, it, especially if you want to get your marketing done on social media, that you should definitely use the apps that help schedule for you. Right. And it sounds like from everything you're sharing, it's mostly with consistency. If you're consistent, right. things will flow out. And right. I've, I saw that happen for the podcast. It's like, okay, I constantly was putting up posts. And in the morning time for me, just like for you, mm-hmm. uh, which, well, for me, it's between 8 and noon. Mm-hmm. I get the most engagement. And mm-hmm. then it dies off after a while. Right. But on the East Coast, it's later time, you know. So it's, right learning that time and that where the people will see it and react the most. Right, right. And, um, I, and that, like, excuse me, um, and just to, 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 to your point and to pick a bit, piggyback off of what you're saying is, like, I, it, it has to do, you have to, you have to be able to study your analytics too. Yep. Um, and one of the reasons why uh, I do a lot of things that I do is because I study a lot of resources, read a lot of resources over the course of these two years to figure out what I'm doing. And um, there's some great information out there. There's some really good people that are really doing really good work that um, can provide the type of the information that you're looking for yeah. to, to get yourself going. And I know Later has a lot of great um, uh, email, like newsletters that comes out that, that tells you how to post and when to post on Instagram and how to build, like, your following, you know, things like that. Yeah. And I've taken, like, bits and pieces of those, that type of information, stuff that I've seen on YouTube to try to, you know, incorporate what I do. Maybe not necessarily do it to the T, but kind of incorporate what works for me. Yeah into what I do. And you're right. Consistency is the key. And once you become consistent, it becomes a habit. And if it becomes habit, then it doesn't feel like it's work because it's like you have to do it on point every single week. You know, it's like if I don't do a motivational post, I feel weird because I feel like my readers are missing something. They need to, they need to get that, that info, you know? Right. So So that's good. Mm -hmm. So we'll get into, I want to definitely talk about um, trendy businesses because your business, I consider more of a solid business. That it's something mm-hmm. that can grow over time and become yeah. great and build based on what you're providing to the world. Whereas mm-hmm. now, you know, we got trendy business people selling waist trainers. Yeah. People got detox stuff. Right. They sell in t-shirts. I mean, you sell merchandise too. You have shirts, and um, but you also have like writing materials. So if you need a writing journal or a planner, like you sell right. that as well, and right. coffee mugs and all that. But I feel like a lot of people jump into going for the easy stuff to make a quick buck. Right. Where it's like, okay, that's only gonna last you maybe about maybe a year, not right. even, you know. Right. And if you don't have that following, like that huge following, like good luck on your sales. Right. Um. Because I think there was one influencer, she had like over a million followers. 
she started a, a t-shirt t-shirt merchandise business and not one follower purchased her stuff i remember but, that yeah like you heard that story i was just like yep. wait a minute like how did you have a million followers that's a, right. if you sold everything for a dollar you could have made a million dollars but I feel like what you do with your scheduling, your engagement, um, your motivation, and what you provide to your, your um, audience, they're willing to engage in that. So when you come out with a new book or a new product, you're like, here it is. And they're like, oh, I need to get that. Right. Because it relates to what you share. Whereas right. if you're an influencer, sell, influencing makeups or whatever it is you're doing, and then now you got T-shirts, I don't know how that balances if that makes right sense. It's like it makes a lot of sense because yeah. i think it goes back to um when i was talking about earlier um having in an organic following yeah and um having an organic following it takes more time to build but it is is more people are, are, are more connected to what you're doing when it's organic because yep. they believe in what your message, if you have a message. And that's another thing. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are doing gimmicky type stuff. Um, everybody has a t-shirt. Everybody right. has, you know, some sort of piece of brand merchandise that they're trying to push, but does it have a message? Right. Does it connect with the people? Do you feel passionate enough about it where you can say, okay, this is the message behind this shirt, and this is why you need to wear my shirt? Right. Um, I may not have a crap ton of sales um, for my shirt, but I, I know that there's a passion, and I have a passion for it, and there's a message behind it. And I know that once people connect with it, they will support it. So that's what I'm working toward is yes. building – toward that that organic um that organic group of people that is, that will believe in the message of mot- being motivated and aspiring to greatness and inspiring el- it many along the way that's what I'm working towards yeah um many people a lot of people out here are just like you said out here trying to make a quick buck that's not what I'm here for i can make a dollar off of what i do sometimes i give my stuff away Sometimes there have been times I've given my books away um, yeah. just because I want people to have it. I want people to read it. I want eyes on it. Um, I don't necessarily, I would do this if I didn't make any money. I did this right. when I wasn't making any money. And that's the difference between me and someone else that is out here trying to make a quick buck. I'm not yeah. here for the money. Just I'm not here to make a dollar. I'm here to share my gift. That's what my God-given purpose is. That's what my talent is. That's why I'm here. That's why God put me here, and that's yeah. what I'm trying to do. And so that's my difference, and that's why it's important for me to be distinctive in how I show up in the world, how I right. show up in business. That's my distinction. That's what my story is. And if you can get with it and if you get you believe in it, come on, join the My Tribe movement. If you're there you not, go. then, you know, <laughs> stay over there. Ride with them, those folks over there, yes. you know. But over here, we're doing something. We, we have a movement and we have a message. And, um, and I'm going to always push that message, whether it reaches one or none, you know. Yeah. It reaches it's from my heart to yours. So 
Yeah. I like that. And with you saying all of that, I just had an instant flashback of when I watched um, Self Made, the story uh-huh. of Madam C.J. Walker. Yeah. You are Madam C.J. Walker the 10th. <laughs> well, you know what? So, I have, I'm a, you know, I, I, like, I have to say this because mm-hmm. I enjoyed the movie, but I have to say this uh, earlier this year, um, I actually listened to Urban Radio Series at Sam. Mm-hmm. Channel 126, if you guys listen. Um, I listen to it all day, but one of the, the um, shows that come on, on at 3 p.m. is um, Karen Hunter's show. Oh, I like and, her. You put me on. <laughs> yeah, she's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And she um, challenged everyone to read uh, a book called Black Fortunes by Shamari Wills. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my... My morning commute to work is two hours, and so yeah, I bought the book. That's a that's another book. I ought to get the book. That's another book that I would highly recommend to any young black entrepreneur because it shares the story of six million, the sits of America's first black millionaires. Mm-hmm. Madam C.J. Walker is one of them. Mm-hmm. Annie Malone is another one. Um, and there's three gentlemen that are in that book. One um, had to do with I can't even remember their, na- their names right now off the off my top of my head. I'm not, yeah, that shit. I should be able to, and I was able to when I read this book. <laughs> <laughs> I can't right now. But um, but it was just that it was the story. I mean, just hearing the stories of these black millionaires. Um, Let's see, Hannah Hannah Elias was one of them. She was the reason why um, Harlem had the the black culture that it had during oh, that time. Oh yeah, and um um, and then um they talked about uh, how Black uh, Wall Street was started. Yep, and um it was just it was it was a well done book, and um I learned so much about Madam C J Walker story and how Annie Malone had a huge part in getting her started mm-hmm. and something that I didn't know at the time. And so when I saw the, the self-made movie, um, some of that story uh, came to, to to light and it was just like, I was like, oh my God, this is, I mean, it, 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 it was really good. It was really well made, but I yeah. highly recommend that book for anyone that, um, that want to read about them because it we should know our history. Yeah, and that's why I brought up the you know just how you're Madam C J Walker the tenth because yeah. <laughs> if every, anyone that's striving to start their own business or um, to get out there, if you don't want to read the book, if you don't want to read, which I feel like more people should read because there's right. definitely more knowledge in books. Right. But. Um, if you want to see something really inspiring, watch the Madam C.J. Walker self-made series on right. Netflix because that is the blueprint. She took, some, she was going through something. She realized right. it wasn't just affecting her; it was affecting all Black women, especially post-slavery. Right. And someone showed her the way. The person didn't want to put her on because she had so many ideas because of what she looked like. So being a black woman today, knowing that most of those successful entrepreneurs now are black women. Right. And, <laughs> and she took that and said, I'm going to make my own. I'm going to do my own thing. And really kept the whole niche, like when she was sharing it and how you say you give your books away, she was giving away free products. Yeah. She yeah. was doing hair for free. It was yeah. like 
that's how you bring the organic audience in is to show right. them, like, look, I just want to share this with you because I'm passionate about it, and I feel like you would love it too. Right. And they'll say, oh, you know, you got to read this, read this, and they may have paid a dollar for it, but they're going to tell everybody. Right. You know, right, but right, no, right. she had a factory and she was living next to um, Rockefeller, like, right. <laughs> and I, and you know, some of that was, you know, um, you know, them taking liberties to, to mm-hmm. fill in the gap for the story. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you, if you read, uh, for sure, if you read Shamari Will's book about the six black millionaires uh, and yeah. how they work together, like, I, I love how, because some of that, community showed up in that story that I in that book that I read yeah. about how the black leaders was working together during that time mm-hmm. and it was just so beautiful like to 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 see it through on film kind of come to like even the pieces that I knew from the story that book yeah um, but I highly recommend that book because we should know our history and we should know the people that the players and yeah. that um and that you know it wasn't so they in that in the, the the in the the Netflix story they had Addie Malone, Addie mm-hmm. Maddox or whatever her name was, and it's really Annie Malone, and she was the child of slave owners. She wasn't biracial. They didn't have mm-hmm. an issue with each other from a colorism perspective. But I know that that was part of the storyline to make yeah. the story. But I, it did not take away from the story for me. No. Like, I still enjoyed seeing that come to light on on, on screen. And right. I thought they did a very, very good job uh, at least depicting what her life was and um, but I, like I said, I highly recommend Black Fortunes because I was all about that book earlier this year. It was so good, um, especially re- listening to it on Audible, too. Yeah. Um, it's just really good. And just learn about all of these different black millionaires at the turn of the century. It was, it was, a, it was encouraging. It was inspiring for me as, a, as an entrepreneur because they, they didn't allow yeah. the situation to hold them back. You know, at all. Ooh, that is a good point to talk about. Because yeah. people think you're supposed to have all, we're going to dive right into it, and then I want to talk about your books. Okay. So, <laughs> but the investment part, like, of course, the support, like, we, we briefly went over that. But the mm-hmm. investment part is, um, you'll, you can look at your current situation and say, you know what, I don't have enough. I how am I supposed to come up with this capital? Like the glass, like the glass half full kind of thing? Yeah, like, you know, instead of, you know, this always half empty kind of thing, like I don't know if I have enough. And it's like, talk about how you really, how you took heed to your investment piece on the business because we do need the money to help it grow. Right. right. So um, I will say, what I just want to say from a spiritual perspective and because mm-hmm. of the meditating, uh, I do believe in a law of attraction and being mm-hmm. able to connect to connect your your intentions to the manifestation of what you what you bring into your life. That's Same. one. Yeah. So um, whatever you speak into existence shall be. That's right. power in the tongue. And so I never, even if I only had a dollar add to my name, I would never think like a person that has less i always think in abundance because that's part of me manifesting more into my life and so whether it comes in the form of finances whether it comes in the fun and the 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 form of love or people that care about me and support that's that's it's just how it shows up i think in abundance not in less and so 
that's something from an uh, uh, entrepreneur type perspective. You have to get in the mindset of thinking in abundance and not in lack. Because when yeah. you think in lack, you attract lack. <laughs> if you mm-hmm. think in abundance, you attract abundance. So that's one thing. From another, the, from the investment piece, um, when I started my business, <laughs> here's where the discipline came in. I knew that I did not have a job. Mm-hmm. But I knew when I was leaving my, my previous employer, employer that I was getting a bonus mm-hmm. and that I had already started investing in certain types of stocks. Right. And so I knew with my, um, my 401k at the previous employer that I was, if I had to, I was going to start using bits and pieces of that investment, I mean, of that, that fund, that money to finance mm-hmm. what I was going to do. But I was only going to use it once I ran out of my initial invest, I mean, my initial bonus that I had. Yeah. And so it took me about 10 months to run out of that, 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 that money. But that's because I definitely, I'm a, I'm a planner. And so mm-hmm. I knew the first month I was going to focus on, okay, I need to focus on editing for the book. And yeah. then the next month after I do editing, I need to look at copywriting. Then after I do that, like you literally have to set a budget on how every, what everything is going to cost mm-hmm. and start executing on each one of those things. And then I, I did a program, the self-publishing Publishing Formula 101, which is a phenomenal course. I recommend it for any author or a writer that is trying to, that is aspiring to become a serious author. I highly recommend it. It's by a gentleman by the name of, uh, of, um, dang, I just lost his name. Talk on it. Uh, <laughs> Dawson. His last name is Dawson. Uh, Mark Dawson. Um, Self Publishing Formula 101. This is his, um, it, is, it is phenomenal. Um, I took it when I started. It oh, helped wow. me to, it helped me to um, you know, really set up a plan for my first year. And I still go and take classes um, from time to time or at least fresh and look, look up the stuff that I've learned. Yeah. Because that's helped. But being, using my 401k is how I was able to finance my my uh, my writing goals. So I started my business using it. Um, I didn't use more than I think I would say at least. I think it's taken maybe about ten thousand dollars to do. Yeah. You know, in the first year, I mean, the first year and a half to do what I need to do. But that's not all at once. That was a little yeah. bit over time. Right. Um. And because I was just, and then when I used it, I put it back. So yeah. <laughs> you got to put it back. Or right. at least use what you have to reinvest it into other stuff so that it grows to, you know, exponentially so it will replace itself. And that's what I did. And so um, I just got really smart about the types of types of stocks that I was investing in, blue chips, and then looking at some of the, the healthcare industry and looking at um, yeah. um, just different 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 businesses or organizations and organizations that I connected to personally mm-hmm. that I knew that would would bring a return. Like one I'm really proud of is when I invested in um, Beyond Meat Company as it 
just as the IPO went out uh, oh, about wow. a year ago. I mean, then we had all this year. Beyond Meat stuff. <laughs> yeah, and I I got in on it like a week after it had introduced mm-hmm. this IPO, and it came it 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 opened up at twenty five dollars a share, and then it, it grew to like seventy five dollars a share mm-hmm. within the first week, and I bought in when it was at seventy two per share and then before I knew it it was over like over a hundred and something about like 10 like um, 10 shares I think it was and then it went up to a hundred and something a share right um and then at the highest point it was at least like 150 or more per share and now it's dropped back down a little bit because of everything that's going on but but yeah you just have to be smart enough to you know use your investments to grow your business, but not use it to go out of business. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so that's what I've been, I've been lucky and fortunate enough to be able to do is be smart enough to, you know, dabble because of my, my, my financial base of, you know, having an MBA and working in the finance industry, you know, working yeah. as a finance professional and all that. I have that, that, that knowledge to be able to, to, to guide me as I'm making these decisions and, how to market myself, how to make moves, how to pivot yeah. using the things that you know. As for instance, every year we do a performance review for an organization that you work for, your employer. I use the same types of uh, st- strategies for whenever I'm, for my business. Yeah. That's how I set goals and objectives for my business. I do the same thing that I did when I was working in a corporate life. Oh, that's a good you bring way bring that in. That's how you, you, you know, you set your strategies for the year. Yep. And then if you have to pivot just like you do in real corporate life. When the business has to pivot and it comes up budget time mm-hmm. in year, you make changes. They make pivots. You do this. Yeah. I kind of mirrored those things, those lessons learned. And so that's how I'm here. And for the ones that do not have business degrees, <laughs> We both have business degrees, but I don't want anyone to feel left out. (laughs) Basically, just budget yourself. Like, I know there's people that's doing their work in their jobs and they're living paycheck to paycheck and they probably can't take out money and really dive in. Like, okay, I can put $100 in my business. Well, you know what? I didn't mean to cut you off, but, you know, someone gave me some really good advice a long time ago. You put away, he, uh, and, when I, and this is when I worked in the hospital. I worked mm-hmm. as a nurse. Like, you will, like, literally, my, I need to do a podcast on my whole life story because I've done so much. <laughs> of course, in my life. No, it's time. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the, I remember a patient that I had when I worked as a nurse tech um, in high school. I remember him telling me, he was like, always put away at least, uh, at least 10% of what your earnings is. Every mm-hmm. check, put at least 10%. If you do, you will, you know, at least that much, then you will, off the top, let it go. Don't even look at it. It's gone. Yeah. And then over time as that's happening, you look back and you realize, oh, my God. Oh, my God, I've saved so much. And that's what I do. Mm-hmm. I have at least one, two, three. <laughs> at least three accounts. Yeah. <laughs> one is where I pay my main bills out of. Mm-hmm. One is for savings, and the, mm-hmm. one, the other is for my business, and that's it. And yeah. I make sure at least off the top 25% of what I make comes off the top and goes into my savings, period. 
There you go. So I, I never, like, I never want to be in a situation because I remember when I was in, high, in college, I lost my job. I never want to be in a position where I lose a job again and not have any money to do mm-hmm. any, to to do anything. And I've that's what helped me. <laughs> and I'm gonna tell you, that's what helped me when I moved from Boston to Maryland. Not having a job, I had already saved up enough, uh, you know, a certain amount of money. Yep. And then I got that bonus, and then I was able to live off my bonus. You know, because you can scale back. You don't need everything. All you need that's to the do other is one. eat and live. And then, you know, right. my husband understood my situation. So luckily I had some. I was with someone that could handle mm-hmm. taking care, taking on the load on his own. You know, I'm, that's a blessing. Because right. not everybody can do that or has that. And so, but yeah, um, but even if it's $10, $5, $25, whatever you can put in, put in and save toward what your goal and your passion is. And then, or whatever it is that, um, just for just for you, you need yeah. at least that. You need right. at least that. Emergency savings, you need that. Yeah. And um, it's important. It's important. It's important. That, and it's one of the things that's important to me because I believe in bridging that, that uh, wealth gap between the black community and everyone else. Yes. You know, that's important to me is, is financial literacy is important. Yeah, well, here's the other thing, too. Now that we're going through this quarantine mm-hmm. and people are not able to work because their job was either client-facing or they needed the public to, in order to earn money, and they're seeing, like, okay, how I'm going to pay my rent, how I'm going to pay my bills. Right. Instead of waste your money trying to buy a bag or get some name brand something, because those companies ain't suffering. Right, right. <laughs> they, still, they got their little insurance. They got their savings. They got their money to survive. But for you as an everyday person that may not have a support system, it's just you, this should be your time to say, you know what, I need to be better with my money. It's right. okay. You don't have to go out every weekend. You don't have to buy things to keep up and post for the gram. Just stay away from that. Put that money away for what you're really passionate about and, like, what you're doing, bring in other streams of revenue. But, like, budget. Like, all I did was just take my little extra money and, you know, mm-hmm. be like, all right, I'm going to put this to buy my, my stand. I'm going to get another iPhone. I'm going to do right. this. Like, I just took advantage of that and was like, all right, this is how I'm going to invest. And then whatever money I earn, I put it right back. Right. So if, if they could keep that mindset – It'll blow up. Yeah, and it and it's all about it's all about planning and being able to be mm-hmm. disciplined to not buy it. You know, something you know, every now and then we are human, you gotta mm-hmm. reward yourself. I definitely need a gratification reward myself. Mm-hmm. And I might buy I might spend, you know, spend some money and buy a necklace or mm-hmm. those those sunglasses that I want. But it might be one item, yeah. one big item that I get right as on this this particular page week yeah. after that i don't get nothing else for a minute right you know after that it's building time you got to build you got to build you got to build and then right. stack 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 and then you know then you then it comes a time you got to reward yourself it's almost like it's almost like um when you're on a diet yep you know you eat so good for a certain amount of time you know every day for the first five days and then on Saturday and Sunday, you get your cheat day. Yeah. You get to, to eat what you want, you know, but you can't go crazy. Eating Not every want. weekend. <laughs> exactly. And you can't go every weekend. Right. But every once in a while, you can, you can you can allow yourself to have that little Debbie cake. <laughs> exactly. Oh, 
14. I bet you a lot of people got Debbie K's. I totally forgot to grab oh, them. <laughs> I had Kool-Aid in a minute, but quarantine oh. life has got me drinking Kool-Aid. Oh, my goodness. The sugar Debbie Kate. <laughs> but, well, gonna... but, yeah, but that's my point. Like, you, you have to balance those things. <laughs> it's important. You know, we need that. <laughs> well, I think share so hopefully everything we shared about just entrepreneurship so far, hopefully it helps you all and just touch you in a way to say, okay, let me try to embed it and just educate yourself. Right. I always do it every day. Now I'm like, okay, I need to learn more video production stuff, how mm-hmm. to do this, how to do that, and it's really committing that time because for you, like, you had to learn how to self-publish, which we're yeah. going to talk about your books, honey. This is what I really wanted to get into. <laughs> Yeah. So I have this book here is the Violet Rose right here. Okay. I my old the old it has a new cover now, but you know, the older version, I was a part of the advanced reading, which was my first time in life. Original one of the original readers. Yes. One of the VIP purple charmers. (laughs) She would send me a chapter or a few chapters and read I'm like, Oh my God, bring more. I am ready. I love this. This is so good. And the Violet Rose definitely you inspired to write this novel based on Prince, mm-hmm. um, and you dedicated it to him as well. And you know, uh, uh, actually, it was dedicated to you. Wait, guys. sorry, it was. Yeah. So wait, it had a quote from Prince. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was dedicated to her family, and I'm on there. You know. But, uh, <laughs> but let's talk about this book. Like, what was your process like um you don't have to go into like detail this yeah. but just like in general how you were feeling and when you were writing this novel because this is i love this book <laughs> so um I, it was so crazy because when i first started writing it was just like a couple i i just wrote maybe like the first chat i think the first chapter and i was like this is gonna be good and then mm-hmm. And I, I knew when I, when I started, I was like, I really want to write a story that kind of was the embodiment of Prince, but it was yeah. like the female, male versions of him. Mm-hmm. And I wanted the male to physically, like, there's no other man that I can really, like, I did a post a couple of weeks ago, about a weekend ago, last weekend. Yeah. I was like, there's no other man that I can post on this picture to, to look like what I envision Nate to be other yeah. than Prince during the graffiti bridge era. Yeah. And so I had to post a picture of Prince during graffiti bridge because that's, that's the, that's the, the, the visual that I had when I wrote Nate. Yeah. And I just wanted, I wanted them to be physical representations of him because forever we've always talked about how androgynous Prince was. Yeah. And how he was so in tune with the female, with with, fem- with women and how mm-hmm. he was able to connect with women, but also he was still like the guy's guy, like mm-hmm. the guys fan out over him, even the thuggish dudes yes. fan out over Prince. His Prince, though. Like I, like I, Talib Kweli was like told his story, and I was like, what? <laughs> he literally had a fan moment. Like I was. Yes, like, it's what? Prince. I mean, he has an aura. Talib Kweli. <laughs> He has an aura. And, and, like, literally when he passed away, all these stories, like, of people that you – because it was like – it feels like it was, like, one of those cold 
that if you yeah. met him or knew him, you just don't talk about that. Mm-hmm. And so when he passed and all these people that I knew had these amazing stories about their connections with him and how they met him or had these moments with him, yeah, I was just like, oh, my God, everybody literally has one. So for me. So, <laughs> but for me, writing the stories was just like the ultimate homage to him because yeah. there's so many references to him in that book and I try not to take away from it and this is another thing like it, throughout each one of these books that I write I put in there these I call them purple charms yeah um, my editor told me you don't necessarily have to tell anyone if they're true Prince fans they'll recognize them but yes. I feel like it's important because although we're all Prince fans Mm-hmm. But it's the diehard Prince fans that will notice, like the car that he's riding, that Nate is riding in, is has Black Muse on the 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 license plate, and that was the song that was on one of the last albums that he wrote. Yeah. Or that his name, like uh, Jameson Nate Stark's name, was based on two things: Prince's alias, which is Jamie Stark's. Yeah. That's one, and then two. Um, uh, Nate is the name that he gives at the end of Sign of the Times, and he's mm-hmm. like, "We have a baby, and call him Nate." And I was like, "Oh, Jamie, so, <laughs> my name, my son, Nathaniel." Nathaniel, and that's where Nate came from. So, um, and then there's just like all these little these little references to him throughout, like things that I know because I did research, and things that just popped up, kind of. <laughs> interestingly just yeah. popped up that I didn't know um, like I named Violet Violet Rogers Rogers because his name is Prince Rogers Nelson mm-hmm. but Violet because I just wanted I was thinking of like a flower that I could call you know that was Violet and that's yeah. how that came up but then I found out that he had a song by the MPG group called Violet the Organ Grinder and that came up literally as I was writing. I was like, I didn't even know about that song. Violet so, the Organ Grinder. Yep, Violet the Organ Grinder. He ain't fooling nobody. <laughs> yep, that was when he was with MPG and it is good. Like Woo! it is spicy. <laughs> but yeah, like um and I just really enjoyed writing the story. I enjoyed writing that story. That story was great and there's like points in the story where I, w- I was emotional because I thought about, you know, what it would be like if I was in some of the characters' positions. Yeah. Um, I try to tackle realistic and relatable issues in the story, like the relationship between Violet and Donovan was a domestic violence kind of thing. Oh, yeah, that was touched. a deep one. Oops. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and then um, the loss of someone, of a parent, um, yeah. is, you know, that's another thing and, and dealing with cancer. Um, those are issues that we're dealing that people deal with every day. Yeah. It is, is, is something that would never get old. Yeah. Never get old. And so I thought it was important to be able to reach people through things that are relatable and that's real. And I try to speak from a voice that's real. I try to speak from a perspective that is that of people that, if not myself, that has gone through it, but I've seen those, you know, people around me go through those those things. So I'm yeah. empathetic to it, and I can write to it. 
and bring that emotion that I felt and saw them going through through it because I have empathy. Yeah. And it comes through. That is so awesome. My goodness. I enjoyed the book, by the yeah. way. <laughs> and by the way, like the love scenes, like. Yes. I was like, oh. I they take you on it right journey. out here. <laughs> I try to take you on a when I write a love scene, I try to take you on a journey. And it's basically isn't I really just try to put you in their perspective in their yeah. their shoes. And you it know. makes you look at love in a different light. So that's yeah. why I love about your words, and that's why it's so powerful. Because I'm a bookworm, and yeah. I love to read. And I, my, what engages me the most is through your words. What are you trying to share with me for me to imagine? I'm inve- right. imagining what Violet looks like. You know, you know, this woman gorgeous on him. Yeah. You know, and what Nate looks like. I'm just like, we're just gonna think. We gonna say that's Prince. You know, yep. if he was a normal yep. everyday guy. You know. Yep. <laughs> So, I, and what Donovan looked like and what her friend, it was Robin, I think, Robin yeah. looked like and just trying to vision, like, what is that dynamic like? And then you, of course, these, both of these novels, the second one, Three's a Charm, we're going to get in, oh, this book right here, people. That right there. This That's the bee's right meow, the cat's meow, the drama. You know. <laughs> That Which I got, to, I got to advance right this book as well, but when she was complete with the book, she gave me a advanced copy to read, yeah. and oh my God, talking about hours. I finished <laughs> it in a, like, I, well, it took me a while because I was just adjusting to L.A., but yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> this book was good too, but what she did, which is so neat, is you based it in Boston, and just with us both living us in Boston, and whoever lives in Boston, they read this novel, they'll recognize some of the right. landmarks of the city. Right. And when you mention certain things and how they live, I'm like, it's very sophisticated up there. People don't right. know that. Right. It is. It's a bit, the, even, the, the, even the brown folks are. Yeah, the brown folks <laughs> are very sophisticated, okay? So... But Three's and Charm, like, it was, it's, an, it's the second series to, um, second novel of the series, Purple Charm series. And that book, you really dive into just this married woman yeah. going in, honey. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. she yeah. had her and her husband having issues. Her husband was, of course, you know, indulging in, in adultery and mm-hmm. out there in them streets. and. Mm-hmm. When she found out about stuff, it was her. She was doing it as well because she just knew, right. you know. So, right. <laughs> and just her journey, like, oh, so what really puts you in that mindset to really go there with it? So, okay, so I will say because we live, and you and I, that's how mm-hmm. we met. So um, living in Boston um, had a profound effect on me, and I just feel like it gets a bad or not necessarily the best rap or the best light as mm-hmm. far as like black, um, black, black and brown people that live there because mm-hmm. we're there, we were mm-hmm. there, and it's a huge population of us there, and they're yeah. they're very well educated, and they're doing they're movers, they're movers and yeah. shakers in that city. Those city, they don't city. stay still, <laughs> right? And so even even the storyline um, for. The Violet Rose took place in Boston, but I really didn't focus on the place that yeah. much there. It wasn't necessarily a part of the the storyline as much. It was kind of in the background. It was the backdrop. Um, yeah. But and there are landmarks that I pick out there too, because um, it like she dances in Cambridge. There's a dance studio called Dance Complex that I used to belly dance at 
in yeah. Cambridge, which is how I was able to write about her being on one of those back streets because I went to a, a studio back there. Yeah. But anyway, so Three's a Charm, I felt like it, the city needed to be part of the the, the fast-paced lifestyle that these two were living. That's yeah. one. Number two... Um, where in the first book I focused the whole, I wrote the whole book listening to Prince soundtrack. I mean, basically mm-hmm. every last one of Prince's albums I listened to right in that first book. Yeah. The second book I was inspired by uh, Tony Braxton's Sets and Cigarettes album. So I listened to nothing but Tony Braxton during that time. That was yeah. a good album. <laughs> yeah. Fuck out of here was my, my, that was, good. that was my stuff. Uh, <laughs> That was my junk. And so I listened to that um, that album. I even got a post on my Instagram when I started writing. That mm-hmm. was what, as I finished the first book, I had already had ideas for the second book. And um, and then I was just like, and I listened to that, that Sets and Cigarettes album. I was like, dang. And then all of a sudden, Monica's name came to me. And then I did the character development for each one of the characters. I knew... For my characters, I always try to write them in a, from a perspective for African Americans that are educated, that have gone mm-hmm. to either HBCUs or maybe to Ivy League schools, but they've gone to some sort of HBCU first yes. and then to an Ivy League um, institution. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are prominent within their community. So they're actually doing stuff in their communities. And when you read the story, you realize that Monica is a successful sports attorney. Yeah. Um, Derek Longwood is a uh, aspiring uh, politician within the Boston community. Yeah. Um, and Adam Starro is a successful plastic surgeon. Like everyone is successful in this book. Yep. Every they got last one of my books. Them. Yeah. All of my books, there. All the black people are successful because they're African American, and that I wanted them to be written in a life where, even though they're dealing with stuff that we all—I mean, everybody deals with—yeah, I wanted them to be in a positive light from a professional perspective. They might yeah. be dealing with drama, but they are professionals, um, and I thought that was important, and I wanted them to speak from that, but also stay true to who they are as people, because we, you know. African Americans code switch, so we're able yeah. to to walk that fine line, and they you see that through the book. They code switch in the book too, uh-huh. um, big time. And it's just really <laughs> cool. And it's just it was really cool to write about Boston in that light and see it from their perspective, and them going to the Vineyard, you know, Martha's yeah. Vineyard, and um, having houses, huge houses that's on the Vineyard, and um, just you know. Stuff that we typically may or may not see unless you're exposed to it. And thank yep. God you and I was exposed to that kind of stuff, you know. Yeah, especially when got, we was there. <laughs> yeah, and we got to see life from a different a different way. So when people talk about how, you know, Boston can be um, racist and things like that, um, I get it, but I didn't really experience it when no. I was there. To and to be honest, honest it's everywhere. So yeah. it's, it's but in Boston there is a, it you gotta grind and hustle. It's yeah. just like New York. Like there's yeah. racism in New York too. But exactly. guess what? 
they you can overpower that by just continuing to grind and do your thing. Right. Whereas in the South, and I've noticed here on the West Coast, they kind of like use that as a crutch, and it's like, no, continue to push and do you. Right. Well, like Tyler Perry said, create your own damn tape. Exactly. You know? And and it was just it's just amazing to see the lanes that uh, African Americans are are doing making up there. And yeah. Um, and I just felt like it was important to bring to the forefront that they're, you know, like I wanted to see some people doing some stuff there. And um, right. it was fun writing about that drama. Yeah. Like, I just wanted, I just, because I don't necessarily, I like, I've, I, my relationship, my, I'm just going to be honest. I don't deal with that that kind of man. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God. I don't feel. She's like, I'm married, girl. I'm married. Yeah. And then, but I, at the time that I was writing it, I was actually watching a lot of reality TV. I had just started yeah. watching um, Married to Medicine. Ooh, and I it was like show. two or three seasons in. Ooh. And I got a lot of inspiration from them. It was like, this yeah. is so craziness right here. And so um, that helped. That helped the story, too. Yeah. But I just wanted to tell a story of a, a woman that was going through some issues with infidelity in her marriage. And then I wanted to flip the script. I wanted to be like, mm-hmm. what would it be like if she decided, you know what, screw this. You do you. Since you're going to continue doing this nonsense, I'm going to start doing my own thing. Oh, my and goodness. And then see what, how, how she changes because she was the type of person where you really want to rally for her. Yeah, rally behind her, but then she starts doing her thing, and you're like, "Wait a minute, I can't be a part of that." Right, I, like it challenges you. I wanted to push it so that it's almost as if where well, you have to think, "Well, dang, do I? Am I for this, or am I like I want? I want you to be on the fence. I want you to right. realize that in relationships and situations like this, that it will push you." it will push you to the limit. And I wanted to see what it was like for the reader to feel uncomfortable because you can't, you can't be, uh, you can't be her cheerleader. Yeah. After you, all yeah, the crap no. that you see her do. Yeah. You're like, oh my God, I can't cheer for you. You over <laughs> here with this dude and you with that dude and you okay with being yeah, with your husband too. Oh. Like I, I wanted you to be, I want you to feel like, oh my God, what am I, what a, who am I? Like, yeah. How am I supposed to reconcile who I am and what what I feel about relationships after you <laughs> start reading this stuff? And then and then I wanted to pull you back to after you realize, okay, people can go through things. Yes. People can realize after you know, after therapy and you real and counseling and you realize, okay, maybe we just not meant to be together. Yes. And but we can still co-parent or do whatever we need to do for our children. You do you, I do me, mm-hmm. and you can still be re- have that redemption so that you can find love too. Yeah, that was the moral of the story. Like I wanted it to be so spicy that it brings you to the point of no return, and you're like, oh my god, what is she doing? What is she doing? <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I can't do this. Like, my editor seriously was like, okay, it was too much. She was like, uh, It was a lot to read. Like, it was. a lot going on. She was like, I was so glad when you pulled it all together because it was still yeah. a lot going on. I felt bad for her. I was like, damn, girl. Yeah, you like, you want to feel bad for her, but then you like, wait a minute, you just as bad as your husband. Like, what, is right. what are you doing? Right. And that's what I wanted. I wanted the re- I want the reader to feel like on the brink of like, I can't ride. I can't ride for you. Like yeah. I was riding for you in the beginning, but like now you're just as bad as he as he Oh yeah. Oh and yeah. And then I wanted to pull you back to the point where they come to a, an agreement where they're just like, okay, all right. And then you see what happens afterwards, and yeah. that you can still it's find love. Ending. Yeah, <laughs> you can still find love even after all that because it happens. Yes. Yes. It almost. Oh. My God, but I know you have a third book for this series coming up, but you don't have to dive into it because everybody yeah. need to go out and get Three's a Charm. Yes. And also get the Violet Rose. Yes. If you want to yes. be romance, them the, that's yeah, the romance. Yeah, like the, the scenes are spicy in the second book. Ooh, like, yeah. um, <laughs> I will say in the first one, it's more, it's really to the it's romance. romance. Kinda, not vanilla, but it's like, it's, it has its yeah. own. They call it's, it vanilla. It's it was vanilla sex. <laughs> you think it's vanilla? It was. I think it's no, vanilla. I like. I like the how the intimacy was. That's yeah, what got it's me more intimate. I, I would say it's, it's chocolate. Yeah, <laughs> the second one she got to have dirty honey, and I was like, I am jealous. Yeah, yeah, that was spicy. Cause I and, then, and this third one is gonna be even spicier. Oh yeah. Oh I yeah. I really wanna. I really wanna go sit. You know. Um, what is it? Uh, Fifty Shades of Grey kind of on the third yeah. one. Like the second was a little bit of that when they, you know what scene it is. Yes, but. I know. I, know. <laughs> I was like, oh, y'all just got to go get the book. All right, Myra. So we going in, we going to shut it down. All right. <laughs> so I'm bring it to a close, but I need people to know where to find your books and where to find your merchandise and where to find you. Okay. So uh, <laughs> okay. So for the books, you can they're they're on Amazon. You can go to Amazon, search um, Violet Rose, the Violet Rose, or Three's a Charm. Um, you might have to put in my name, um, but that's okay. I'll put um, Or you can go to my Instagram page, which is Creative <laughs> underscore Calfare, and click on the link, and it'll take you straight to the books. Um, also, uh, you can get my merchandise on Etsy. I have a link on my, my Instagram page as well for that. Um, it's etsy.com at Creative Calfare, but I can send you the direct link for that too. Okay. Um, and you can just search by my brand or my. It should come up on Creative Calfare. And then if you want to be motivated and inspired each week, check out my weekly blog. I have about uh, 90 uh, blog posts to date. So you can, yeah, so you, can, <laughs> you can definitely uh, find some sort of inspiration that uh, will speak to you. This past week I wrote about um, uh, uh, what is his name, Jen? Um, Shabadoo? Shabadoo, yeah, the break yeah. dancer. Yes, I wrote about him. Aldolfo, <laughs> um, excuse me, Aldolfo Shabadoo Kionez. Um, also known as Ozone from the Breaking Movies from the 1984. Yeah, huh? 
Was he Puerto I, Rican or was he mixed? He's black. Oh, he's black. He's black. He's black. He like, I, he thought was, he was, I thought he was New York something too, but he's black. <laughs> oh, he always true. says he's black. Oh, I, he so, looks like a New York Rican to me. He does. He <laughs> <do>. um, <laughs> I dated a few of them. <laughs> I ain't messing with you today. You gonna have me writing another story. <laughs> so uh, I wrote about him last week and how he's inspired inspired me when growing up and how um, coming back and revisiting some of the things that he's doing today. How that and played a how that's inspired me today. So check out yeah. that blog post. It's pretty cool. And then um, if you just want to get in touch with me, uh, email me at creativecalfrey at gmail.com. I'll answer any questions if you're looking to get started. Um, I probably should do a, a post or something that <laughs> will uh, give you some resources to get started and to, to romance writing, but I, I'm happy to answer any questions and I just thank you for the time and for listening, and good luck. And uh, I hope that uh, something I said or done today will motivate, aspire, and inspire you to do. And so your social media platforms? Oh, creative, uh, Instagram is creative, Cal for, creative underscore Cal for Ray. Mm-hmm. Um Also on Instagram, my uh, Makeup by my my makeup page, which is mu m u underscore by m b y underscore my m a i, and um, I'm on Pinterest on the Creative Calfrey as well, and um, that's it. I don't really do Facebook, so sorry guys. Um, <laughs> but you can also subscribe okay. to my um, on my website www.creativecalfrey.com. Subscribe there um, to get information on my books or to receive my newsletter each month. I always do the month, the previous month um, um, when I send out my newsletter, which is the new one's getting ready to come out probably this weekend. So, yeah, yeah just check me out. Connect with me anywhere if you can. If you want adult makeup artists, please reach yes. out to me. I do makeup too. She'll beat your face to the gods, honey. Yeah, if you need... <laughs> Um, graphic design work. I do small projects like flyers here and there and um, some social media type stuff, but um, I don't do large projects. So, um, But I can give advice if, you, if you're looking for that. So reach out some, to me for that. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's about it. Thank you so much, Myra. You're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. You. I'm so happy you got on here, girl. I know we're doing it in the quarantine. I know it's a real struggle, but we're I know. <laughs> and we got oh enough time. Yes, I gotta get my sweatshirt so I can wear that on my future episodes because I just want to wear your shirt and that's it. Yeah, this shirt. So. I mean, I love the shirt. If anybody wants it, it's called My Tribe. Join My Tribe Movement. Yes. I mean, it's, you know. I yeah. love it. And you can find, so real quick on my stuff, you can find It's a Real Struggle Podcast on Instagram at It's a Real Struggle Podcast, Twitter at Real Struggle Pod. Also, this episode will be available on YouTube. Just search It's a Real Struggle Podcast. The audio, of course, I'm on Anchor App, honey. And Anchor App has blessed me to be on all other platforms. So I'm on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Tune in to It's a Real Struggle podcast and Facebook. I have a Facebook page. It's a Real Struggle podcast. And 
If you want to hit me up, you can hit me up on my personal um, Instagram. It's at Miss Jenny Boom. That's at M-I-S-S Jenny Boom. Or if you want to reach out to me, here, get more information about the wonderful creative Calfrey and Miss Myra. You can email me at itsjennyboom at gmail.com. Or if you have a question for me, hit me up on itsjennyboom at gmail.com. That's itsjennyboom at gmail.com. And this is another episode of It's a Real Struggle podcast. Myra, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Awesome. And y'all, as yeah. always, stay hydrated. Take care of yourself. Don't be doing all them shots and crazy stuff. This is the time to take care of yourself during this quarantine. And go get the books, the Purple Charm series, Violet Rose, and Three's a Charm, and, and keep your reading on. So, <laughs> as always, y'all, <laughs> thank you again, and peace.